Hello and welcome back to the BTF podcast. That is the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Today is June 21st, which is the longest day of the year. It's the summer solstice uh, and we are in the middle of Euro 2020, although it is 2021. We're in the middle of Euro 2020 and I think it's been a very good tournament so far. Um, We have a podcast coming up today talking about that said tournament and i'm joined by mr greg tmr greg how are you i'm good thanks dan how are you doing yeah i'm all good i'm all good um we're recording as a couple of games are playing out so um we'll we're keeping one eye on those but probably by the time this actually gets published um those games will be um been and gone but i think it's netherlands and north macedonia and Mm -hmm. austria versus Ukraine, Ukraine uh, is, is the two games on at the moment. And we're also joined by Mr. Nostal Jake. Jake Galligan, how are you, Jake? I'm good, man. How are you? Yep, yep, all good. Um, tournament so far, right? This is like the first podcast, I guess, that we've done since the tournament actually began, um, which I think is like 11 days ago the tournament started now. I looked today at our um, Instagram to see how many days of predictions we've done and it was like 11 days um so it's been, i think it's been a good tournament i mean what's what's early thoughts initial thoughts on on the tournament itself before we get to england uh, you go jake you go um well yeah you just said before we get to england so um the tournament itself um it's gone well there's been it's been eventful we've obviously had a tragic moment mm-hmm. but out of that tragic moment, there's been a lot of positives come afterwards. You know, the um, sign of respect in that Denmark-Belgian game was like probably the most touching moment of the tournament so far. Um, we've had a bit of controversy. We've had um, Rudiger taking a chunk out of Pogba's back. Um, but apart from that, it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, that's, that's probably the most controversial moment. A couple of red cards in there, but not anything too um crazy or malicious they've just been mistimed uh tackles i mean krakowiak's red card um against slovakia was was fairly um innocuous and then obviously you had uh, ethan ampadu as well sent off against italy um last night as we record at least um which i think again was one of those tackles that probably in the premier league it's a 50 50 you might get sent off for it but i think um they're trying to crack down on on stuff like that obviously you mentioned the christian erickson um incident in the um the denmark finland game which i think was on like the second day of the tournament truly horrific moment to watch i think for anyone um anyone watching whether you're a football fan or not it's it's it was um it was harrowing to be honest to watch it and and we're lucky now kind of 10 days on um that we can sit here and and kind of talk about it and 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 you know nothing too um sinister or nothing you know there wasn't anything um too horrific that came out of it obviously ericsson um i think is to go to undergo surgery to put um a, a sort of um what a defibrillator defibrillator type thing in his chest i can't remember the i it's not an ied it's an ic icu ic intensive care unit icd maybe um but yeah we're not medical doctors as you can tell probably early on um but yeah i mean incredible um medical support that he obviously received immediately on the pitch um 
there's a whole debate around um the in my opinion incredibly um poorly managed direction of the television um coverage of it and 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 you know that how awful that was and broke every kind of code that we're used to seeing in this country i mean the thing that i i say i don't want to have a, a too much of a conversation about it but you remember when andre gomez uh broke his leg um and th- those kind of incidents when they happen usually you just see not you know it's just cut away and and this was the complete opposite um which was just horrible to watch yeah um well if you you compare it to if you see a streaker on the pitch they know to cut yeah. away straight away mm-hmm. then and you know and that's something we want to see yeah. <laughs> yeah i know yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah luckily if there's like a dog on the pitch or something like they mm. usually will show a dog on the pitch and there was a yeah. pigeon uh on the pitch in a game recently i think it was the belgium game there was a pigeon kicking about on the pitch um the other day so um any kind of animals yeah. on the pitch i, I want to see that Streakers. just to just to correct the record on ericsson he um had a successful uh <laughs> this is operation a great time to interject with some serious medical he's been no no i just wanted to pigeons and streakers yeah no i just yeah. wanted uh, i've just remembered now he what he's been discharged because he had a successful operation oh, nice. to install it so okay. um yeah better news than uh we we perhaps uh yeah 100 percent. i mean in that that 10 15 minutes mm. was just like i think most people i heard that there's like you know if you're medically trained that there were some signs there that everything was probably like better than maybe we thought but if you're not medically trained and you see someone getting cpr or being shocked it's um, horrific to see assume the very worst and and as soon as that photo was leaked of him leaving the pitch kind Mm. of awake that was a that was like probably that was on par with I can't think what the other best moment of the tournament is. Sterling scoring maybe against Croatia was a good moment. But, you know, I think that Ericsson, when that photo came out of Ericsson, mm-hmm. for me, that was so far like the moment of the tournament because it was like, oh my God, this guy is actually, you know, awake. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that was a, a great thing. So, yeah, the fact that he's been discharged from hospital is um, is incredible. And, and Denmark, of course, play um, this evening um in a, in a must win game it's, it's very I, I, th- I don't know what their chances of actually going through are but probably 50 percent or less i would think based on the fact that they've obviously lost both of their games so far um i think everyone wants to see them go through i, I, I wouldn't be wrong in assuming that right of course yeah mm-hmm. of course and if they do go through it will be one of the third place um positions um which we're all kind of struggling to work out <laughs> How yeah. that works, who those teams are going to be. We know that um, obviously Wales went through second place and Switzerland have taken a, a third place um, with four points. So at the moment, four points is the, the target to get. Um, but obviously Denmark can only get three. So they're, they're, in, a, they're in a tough position um, in the tournament. Who so far has kind of... Which teams have impressed you? And also on the flip side, which teams... Do you think it's just been nowhere near the pace that you know you thought they would be pre-tournament? I won't mention the elephant in the room straight away. <laughs> we'll leave that for a minute. Uh, I'll make my feelings clear enough when we get onto it. Um, Italy are a problem. I know it's a controversial opinion. Mm. I know it's a hot take, uh, but Italy are going to be a problem in this tournament. I've been very impressed with how they've been playing. Um, and I think we... You know, I don't know, a sneaky little feeling about Wales, you know. I think they could cause a few problems. 
I think they, I don't know, they're not going to go all the way, of course, but I think that the way they play together and the way that they held their own against Italy was very impressive. And I think that that could be, you know, in context of how highly I'm rating Italy at the moment. But I think it, uh, Wales could um, upset a few people. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Anyone yeah, I agree. Could... Yeah. Um, Italy, number one team for me. Like watching them was just so exciting. After, especially after watching the dull England performances. I think it was the first game um, against Switzerland, wasn't it? Italy played. Uh, it was Turkey that they played against. Yeah, first. Turkey. Oh, yeah. The opening game. Sorry. Opening game. So it was, a, it was the second game. And I was just watching the first half an hour. I was just like, oh, if only England could play like this. Um, it's really exciting. Mm. It was non-stop um, bombing it from well from defense to attack in a matter of seconds, and um, so they've been most impressive. Obviously, we've got. I feel like the gap between the elite teams in Europe and the smaller teams in Europe is closing. Um, you got teams like Czech Republic, um, Slovakia, which you would never have given any fighting chance in their groups. Even Hungary, they got a point against France, so. I've been impressed by the smaller teams. Um, they've really surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think Ukraine have been um, one of the teams um, that I've enjoyed watching. Obviously, we're not currently watching that game. We'll catch the second half um, of their final group game. Um, but yeah, Wales going through, um, you mentioned, they play the first of the round of 16 games. Um, so that is on Saturday, this coming Saturday, um, and it's the first game, so it's the 6pm game, which actually, sorry, that will be 5pm um, for um, Greenwich Mean Time, GMT. Um, but yeah, they play second place in Group B, which is that group with um, Belgium, Russia, Finland, and Denmark. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they would fancy themselves against russia finland or denmark right yeah you yeah know, of that's, course that's, I don't see um, that's three um winnable games and it could quite easily end up being um finland that finished there finland were to get a win uh this evening and of, of course as this goes out that's already played out so let's not dwell um too much on that but i mean yeah italy i i completely agree about it italy have been for me the best team so far they're the first ever team to go three wins in the group stages with three clean sheets it's never been done before um if we should mention records um i mentioned in the group chat yesterday that jordan shakiri was one goal away from um, being the first man to ever score a hat-trick in the world cup and the euros um and the manager went and, and substituted him like straight away basically as soon as i said it um which oh, whatever been- for was anyone, yeah, I, no, thought, I no thought you were one's... going to say for Switzerland. No, no Jesus. one, no player has ever scored a hat trick in both tournaments. And wow, he, he has a World Cup hat trick, and he was two. He had two goals in a mm. game that his team had a two-goal lead. Um, wow, I, th- you know, I, obviously they're probably not thinking about the the records, and and at the time, no one's going. This guy can become the first ever to do that, but. I looked up the list and I was like, okay, surely like Platini scored a hat-trick in both or um, Gerd Müller or, I don't know, closer. Someone must have scored a hat-trick in both. Mm. There isn't a player that's done it in both. So he would have been the first player and they they subbed him um, at 75 minutes. So... um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he if he noticed. Maybe they're they're hoping that he saves another hat trick for later on in the competition mm-hmm. if he wants to break that record. I would have uh, thought Ronaldo would have had that um, hat trick. Yeah, Monaco. Yeah. He, well, he 
I think if he scores a hat trick in this in the Euros, mm-hmm. then he'll get it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does, to be honest, because yeah. Ronaldo. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, because he's got he had that World Cup hat trick didn't he against Spain? Yeah. Um, in 2018. So yeah, I'm sure that's a record that probably uh, Ronaldo um, is is going to want to set. There's probably less and less games where he's likely to get a hat trick. Um, now it would have been that first game against Hungary. Of course, he got two goals, um, but they were very late uh, in the game. Um, <clears throat> but my my other team that I was going to say have impressed me um, is Germany. I really think Germany um, are in a great position now <clears throat> to kick on with this tournament. They've played... <clears throat> now, the thing with Germany is that they've played Portugal and France. So they've had two crazy tests already i'd say um, the two the two tests that you could possibly get in yeah the, the, the two best teams and, and they've taken three you know they got three points out of that in the end and they only lost by one goal and they weren't um, awful they weren't awful in yeah, that france they, game they were good in the france game um yeah. so in terms of how they're set up now they know who's playing well who's not playing well which position works which position doesn't work goosens is killing it down the left side and you know, Kimmich has got this kind of free role where he's 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 drifting <clears throat> in that sort of like defensive midfield spot just to the right and, and pulling strings there. And, you know, they they know better than any other team right now where they're at. And they've just had a great win against um, Portugal. They've got this game against Hungary, which is, is not, as, as we know, that's not an easy fixture. But in comparison to the last two games, it's, it's a, a winnable fixture for them. Um, so I think that they go into the next round, possibly with six points, finishing second in their group, maybe behind France, but they could easily win their group as well. If mm-hmm. if Portugal and um, France ends up as a draw, then Germany win the group. So I think uh, for me, they're, they're the team that I, I'm looking at thinking, hang on, they're in, they're in a really good position. And Timo Werner's not really been used yet um sane has been been used kind of sparingly um sula goretzka they only came into the team in that last game quite late on so they have got depth in that squad um that i think a lot of people seem to write write them off that they they didn't have any depth Mm. um so yeah i think germany quietly taking over germany italy it's kind of usual suspects type thing they're good tournament teams um classically kind of got winning mentalities great management systems there as well um i really like the touch from um mancini uh in the wales game to bring sirigu on in, mm-hmm. in the last couple of minutes um interestingly they have got another goalkeeper i was looking it up today um i can't remember his name i want to say i'm not gonna guess it something like maybell but it's, it might not be that but it's something like that um, but it'd be interesting if he finds a space in a game to bring him on as well, because apparently Mancini went to the World Cup in 1990 mm. um, and wasn't used. And it was one of his biggest regrets as a player that he never got to. I think he never got to play in a World Cup, um, even though he was at Italia 90, but he was an unused um, squad member. So um, that Donnarumma, while we're doing Italy stats, so he's oh, incredible stats. So he's 22, isn't he? He's been yeah. their number one since he was 19. Do you know that he's never conceded more than one goal in a game when he's played it for Italy? Yeah, which is insane. Incredible. 
incredible. Yeah. It's quality, but I think I could keep that record with that Italian <laughs> Italian defense yeah. in front of me. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the one. If you know, if we're gonna look at cracks in that Italian team, um, the injury to to Chiellini, huge. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like last night, they were protecting Bonucci. They took him off at half time. Understandably, you know, you don't. If you pick up an injury to Bonucci, I think they are in some serious trouble. Um, a Serbi looked mm, like you know he's. It, it, there is quite a drop off, I think, in quality when you go from Bonucci and Chiellini to um, the backup centre backs that they got. Albeit good players, but um, I think they've got you know if you're looking at FIFA kind of stats with it, it's like two eighty sevens that they have as their starters and then it drops off to like 82s 81s um so yeah i think Benucci staying fit is is um very very important for them but just like you say a joy to watch um fast intense um team just you know look like a, a really good squad mentality there um as well um should we talk about england because we, we probably got quite a lot to say so we might as well start talking about them um mm. now i will actually start by saying because we mentioned donnarumma and and goal goalkeeping i do think jordan pickford's been good i think mm. jordan pickford's been arguably across the two games he's probably been our best most consistent player i don't think he's made a mistake yet mm-hmm. can we agree on that i can yeah he's actually played our pass of the tournament as well probably the only pass i can recall where we've you know, we've took a long ball and it's actually paid off. He came out his box and he set, um, could have been Sterling. It could have been Rashford when he came on. I can't remember who it went through to, but that was in the, the moment. game? No, it was in the Scotland game. In the Scotland game. game, okay. Yeah, he's been our most consistent player. He's not really had too much to do. And um, yeah. as, a, as a Liverpool fan, you know, I'm not his biggest fan, yeah, especially after the um, the Van Dyke incident. But I like him in an England shirt and he's, He's a good leader at the back as well. Like he's quite vocal to the defence and he seems quite organised. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to agree. He's not had a lot to come against. Obviously, Croatia didn't cause too many problems for us. But that Scotland game, if it isn't for his save, we're 1-0 down. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And yeah, I don't, I, and I, didn't, I don't see us getting a goal in that game. Yeah. Even if we were 1-0 down after, what, 30 minutes, was it? Something like that. Yeah. I mean... I don't. It's hard to know where to actually even even to start. Really, at the moment with England, I, I think I'll, I'll I'll sort of prefix all of this then with obviously we've got the group chat and we've had we've had the BTF group chat going for the whole tournament and and we you know when England have played we we talk about the performance um, and it's been I would say like an eighty twenty split probably of of I don't think people are necessarily anti England but like people disappointed with England in the 80% and then 20% of um, optimism there, I think, still, and being and trying to be optimistic about, about the performances or, or the way that, that we're kind of going. Um, and I think that's important. I think that has been important to have that 20% split. It might even be a 90-10, to be honest. Um, and there's only nine people in the group. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it, it's important, I think, to have that. Because I think otherwise it probably could have just slid into a complete, you know, um, Southgate bashing. Which I, I personally don't think is is too unjust um oh. at this point i mean the, the if we start on the croatia game um it got 
crazy like the pundits after if i'm just talking about like the bbc studio after that game you and and even the celebrations at full time it was if we'd won the group with nine points Mm -hmm. or it was if we and may and maybe that was the thinking at the time maybe they thought oh we're just going to roll over scotland we're going to roll over czech republic that is nine points but there was some significant like back patting at full time in in after the the one nil against croatia which i thought was a a bad performance Mm -hmm. i I watched it and i thought it was a really bad performance Mm. um uh, yeah uh, greg i'll throw over to you i think that there's an element of context for either side of the argument that is needed in that one game doesn't make the tournament in that a result doesn't mean anything i mean spain lost their first game when they won things Mm -hmm. like that come into play and it was a good result the performance was not good and that is a problem that we have you look at some of the players on that pitch raheem sterling far from the goal i don't think he had a great day at all harry kane as well we'll come on to him as we get more of an overall picture of the last two games the performances weren't that great in the game save for calvin phillips maybe but that's okay because it is the opening game of a tournament you've got what 15 players in this squad that are making their debut at a major tournament that's fine. We dust it off. We, a win's, win is very important in that context. So everyone can walk away from that and be like, brilliant. Okay, that's good. You need, now need to start seeing progress. The good teams will keep getting better. The momentum will grow. We're seeing it with Italy. We're seeing it with Wales, even as I bring back uh, to my earlier point. I'll come back. Maybe, Jake, I'll let you jump in before I move too quickly onto the Scotland game. What was your thoughts on the Croatia game? Um, well, to be honest... I think this, as Dan said, the the credits at the end of the game, we seem to be, um, the plaudits we got were a bit extreme. Um, but it was Croatia. They are World Cup finalists. Mm. Uh, so, obviously, we only really saw that Croatia aren't a very good team when they drop points against Czech Republic. And um, I feel like when we come out of that with the first group game win, which is something, I think we hadn't done it for like nine games or whatever. One, you know, the opening Ever. game of the... Ever, oh, ever. Uh, in a ever. Euros, ever, yeah. In a, yeah, in a Euros, it was first so time ever. there was relief, relief that we actually won, relief that we beat the best team in the group on paper alongside us. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot to celebrate, but the performance, as Dan said, I think it was a, a five out of ten, just a bang average performance. And we've been blessed with quite an easy group, and we should be using this to our advantage by experimenting, finding out what this best lineup is instead of sticking with this team which hasn't got enough creativity in it so um as i said five out of ten i'd like to see us mix things up against czech republic yeah so i mean the sorry greg i i know you sort of gave way to um jake and then i, I butted in here no, but, no, go on, go on. um i do think like the reason i mentioned that um the way that you know, I'm I'm saying the studio. I'll go. I'll just stick with the studio. I won't go for all of all football media. You know, but um, I think it was Ferdinand, um, Lampard, Lineker, and one other Shearer. Shearer in the studio. Um, I think that reaction and that elation played into the the way that we approached the Scotland game, because that team, everyone went. Oh, you were amazing, guys! You you just brilliant. Like the country loves you, and you know it was so hot, and you did so well to play well for twenty minutes, and then get a one nil win. 
um after all of that and and well done guys and then i so i think that played into it because southgate then went well i can't you know i'm not going to drop these guys that have played so amazing you know i'm not going to drop foden i'm not going to drop sterling i'm not going to drop kane i'm not going to i'm going to play rice and phillips again and, and mason mount i don't have a backup for mason mount so have to play mason mount whatever happens because no one else really plays that central position or can 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 sort of tie it all together um so i think the fact that we no one really seemed to acknowledge that there were quite a few kind of just problems with the croatia game and 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 so we went into the scotland game with just okay same system pretty much the same team we'll we'll swap the the fullbacks which didn't really need to happen car i thought maybe carl walker had a per, a, a poor game in the, in the croatia game but trippier certainly had a good game um but then I, I do understand that you know if you if you two games in a row play a right back at left back um you you kind of probably not doing great things for the morale of of luke shaw and ben chilwell um but then if you're setting yourself up for that problem then you shouldn't have fucking played a right back at left back in the, in the first game in the beginning so you know if you force yourself into having to change positions that didn't necessarily need changing because you've made a weird decision to play Trippier and and I I get the reasoning of you know Trippier is a safer option to protect maybe Tyro Mings who's not used to playing at England and 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 the idea I think was that Trippier being a right-footed um player would drop in more and give more protection to to Mings and I, I get all of that but I just don't think we needed to necessarily change things up at fullback in this next game it needed to be in other positions um so yeah the, the the scotland game i was so excited for that game i mean i don't think anyone wasn't you know excited going into into that game it is a huge game the the weather was i think the weather kind of set it up quite nicely it was this you know rainy thun, i don't know it's thunder and lightning but you know a wet pitch um Wembley Friday night like it should have been an absolute blockbuster of a game and what did we get Greg uh we got nothing really <laughs> and it's important to say that we're, we're not doing this to take away anything from Scotland that isn't what I'm arguing at all really I've got nothing to say on the Scotland performance because I've got plenty to say on the England performance we didn't make life difficult for them at all really we hit the bar uh, we hit the post with John Stones early on of course but really we didn't make life too difficult for them and Look, I go back to context of this. A draw and one point within a tournament and a group stage, it's not the end of the world. It's not a bad thing. But this game, England-Scotland, is always, no matter what, bigger than the tournament. The tournament almost, for, for fans, gets left to one side for a minute. It's England versus Scotland. You had Scotland fans coming down at half seven, getting pissed up in Hyde Park. It's beyond that. It is, it's an international derby at that point. And the performance we got is a real telltale sign of the lack uh, that these players showed for me, the lack of passion for that fixture. At halftime, there must have been a talk of a point, point's all right here. A point could be okay here. Because we didn't attack. We didn't look like we wanted to win that game. We didn't look like we had any kind of care for the, the occasion that it is. Despite there, for, for one time this season, being fans in the stadium at Wembley, it was such a lacklustre performance. 
And that's what worries me. And, and that's what I go back to is that we didn't, Scotland didn't cause any problems for us and we didn't cause any for them. The good teams in this before, in this tournament are only going to get better with momentum. And, you know, you could say that we're being harsh on England after the Croatia game. Dan and I were certainly a bit more reserved in our uh, um, plaudits for them. You have to critique a team based on the aspirations. And it's clear that within this England camp, the aspirations are to win it. Harry Kane has come out before this competition and said, if I never win anything for England, I'll be really disappointed. It'll be a failure for my international career. Phil Foden came out today, yesterday, saying, oh, if we win it, I've convinced all the lads to dye their hair. The bookies, I know that doesn't really mean a lot in the grand scheme of things, but you look at the players that we have on this squad, a few of them were playing in a Champions League final only a couple of weeks ago. You have to base the critique on the aspirations of the team and they're not living up to that at the moment. And it's all well and good doing a performance like that against Scotland where you know they'll settle for a point as well. If you come up against any team that this means something to this competition, you're stuffed. Yeah, I'm, I think that's where it worries. Yeah, that's what worries me is that we don't. I mean, maybe we do know, and 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 that's one of the that's been one of the main arguments is that oh, you know, it's just, you know, we got four points from two games. Like, what are you worried about? But I'm worried that we have no idea what we're going to be like when we come up against France or Portugal. Or, um, France, Portugal, and Germany, like one mm. of those, probably one of those teams. If, we, if that's that's also arrogantly assuming that we're going to beat Czech Republic mm-hmm. tomorrow. Right, exactly, exactly. Like the sheer arrogance that we still we've played so shit in two games. Probably yeah. a combined rating in those two games of nine, maybe for me at tops is six and a three, um, out of twenty. So nine out of twenty for mm-hmm. our performances so far, and then I still arrogantly go oh well we're gonna you know we're gonna beat czech republic tomorrow what what have we seen so far that means we're gonna beat them um and i think if we draw to them they have scored more goals than us so they will win the group um Mm -hmm. which would be quite ideal for us yeah but it won't because that's not the point i've said this before (laughs) the tournament you cannot trust this team Mm -hmm. you cannot i'm gonna say his name now you cannot trust gareth southgate to play this (laughs) Uh, oh yeah we'll play the groups to cheat strategically because then yeah. when we're in the knockouts we'll be brilliant we're not we've we've yeah. struggled through mm. this group so far save for tomorrow's performance i hope he I, I i say all of this i hope he proves me wrong but we've seen enough of southgate that everyone in england is looking at him and saying right you need to make changes in this team if we can say it on a podcast on youtube then how is the man at the helm not looking at that team and saying Right, okay, you need to take this one out. You need to take this one out. Mm-hmm. You need to go. We need something new going on in this team. Because I, I guarantee we'll get through this group with whatever points. We might beat Czech Republic tomorrow. We might get a draw against them. They're not a bad team. But they've proven that they're decent already mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. far. And they won't be we scared. We have them. They won't be scared. They won't be scared. No. They'll be looking at us and our performance going, yeah, well, we, could have a, we could have a good go at these. And I guarantee if we come up against... Uh, uh, you know, no disrespect to the teams that we've faced so far, but a France, a Portugal, we'll get found out and we will go out of this competition with a whimper. If we're 2-0 mm-hmm. down against Portugal, do you see these boys walking around the pitch saying, right, okay, we're going to at least get one. We're going to go out with our heads held high. No. no, we will go out with a whimper 
and it will be Southgate's fault because he cannot make those difficult decisions. He, can, I'm on one now, lads. I, he could not leave. <laughs> he had four now. right backs to choose from in a 26-man squad. Everyone on Twitter was discussing who is he going to leave at home? Who? Oh well, and good discussions. Some of them like, okay, well, Alexander Arnold's got this attribute, so we could use him in this kind of thing. He took all four of them. He cannot make difficult decisions. Jesse Lingard, who he did leave at home, as soon as he had, he was the question was posed to him. Okay, what, what, why that decision? The man looked like he was going to break down in tears and said, "Oh no, but he is going to start tomorrow's game against Romania. He's not going to the tournament." Don't play him. Yeah, Have watched- some courage and leave him out and play a different system. So if we get an injury to a big player, we've okay, we've tried this one in the friendlies. We can try that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like I, I triggered that rant um, <laughs> by saying that it would be ideal for us to get second. I'll rephrase that. It would be ideal for the path. <laughs> it would be ideal for the path to the final, but it would not be ideal for us to have that mentality, especially... Yeah especially the Southgate team. All it, I, I looked at it yesterday and actually all it does is it offsets meeting group F for one round. So actually we if we if we if we come second in the group, I think we play in Copenhagen against uh maybe someone from Spain, Sweden, Slovakia group. Um and then after that we play in the quarter final which which will be in um, I think it's in St Petersburg against uh, probably the winner of Group F, which is looks like it's going to be Germany at this point, um, and they play the winner of Group F. I think then plays um, third place in 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 another in one of the one of the best third place teams. Um, so there's no way that we necessarily can avoid playing group f so I, I do think winning our group gives us the best chance of beating one of those teams because we would then play them at wembley in the round of 16 um, and then that would then set us up for rome in the quarterfinal which we would probably play spain the winner of spain's group it might not be spain but you know we'll play potentially spain um but yeah i i think all of that kind of group group fixing stuff that we kind of played that game didn't we a little bit at the at the 2018 world cup and, and we got the 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 nicer route to the semi-final where we then just got spanked well we mm. didn't get spanked we 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 lost an extra time <laughs> but um you know we lost at the end of the day we won the um, was that yeah we, we won you up lot. after two minutes or whatever it was with trippier's free kick um that brings me on then so trippier this game tomorrow um Assuming that potentially, you know, Southgate gives in, which I feel like he he probably thinks he's giving in to to pressure and and actually starts Jack Grealish, um, who is going to win a lot of free kicks. That's something that we know Jack Grealish is going to do. I think in the Scotland game, he played like 20 minutes. I think he drew four fouls. He had um, 100% dribbling um, completion. He, um, I think it was like 90, 87, 90 pass accuracy. Um, you know, Grealish is going to win us free kicks. And, and traditionally at tournaments in, in recent years, at least under Southgate, um, we've been very much a set-piece heavy team. Um, so does Trippier start at right back, presumably? Um, or do you start him at left back, maybe? 
um, against um, Czech Republic tomorrow. Um, Jake, I'll come to you with that one. And do and if not, do we have someone else that can equally provide uh, the magic when it comes to set pieces? As you said, with Grealish, if Grealish does play, then that's a tactic we can we can completely exploit because Grealish not only does he draw a lot of fouls, but he actually drives drives at teams and mm-hmm. he'll cause problems, which would then win us corners. And Trippier has got a brilliant delivery on him, whether or not um, he would be on corners. I'm not, I'm not too sure if he took corners in that first game. Um, I think Mason Mount took yeah. a lot of the corners, actually. Yeah. Well, Trippier as a right back is, you know, we know he's solid. He got into the La Liga team of the year, won La Liga. Um, I think I'd rather see Kyle Walker, though, just because yeah. his physical attributes... It, we were lacking pace and strength down that right-hand side against Scotland. I don't know why he went with Reese James when it's not like Scotland have a threatening left wing. Sure, Robertson's good at getting forward, but they would never. Robertson was never going to get forward like he did, like he does for Liverpool. So, I feel like in a game where we need to go out and prove a point, we want to have Kyle Walker bombing up and down that right-hand side. Yeah, and and to strengthen that point about Kyle Walker playing at right back is who who you know i think right in these systems now right wing and right back and left wing left back are so important in the, the synergy between those players is so important and why if you're going to play foden at right wing why would you not play kyle walker his 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 club teammate at right back behind him because they're going to have the most um the most minutes played together i doubt i don't know for sure because maybe someone will pull out a stat of england under 18s or england under 21s where foden and james might have played a, a load of games together but i don't think james and foden would have possibly ever played together before and and to to do that at a tournament against very good defenders in in terms of robertson and, and tierney in there as well and, and mctominay kind of covering across for both two that is a tough task um and and to be fair we should like i think greg said it but we we really can't write off how good scotland were mm-hmm. on the day and 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 actually how good the scottish you know i think there are holes in that scotland squad and there are players in there that you say okay they probably would struggle to get into most premier league teams but there's also a very good core of players in that team. Gilmore, of course, um, was like Xavi running the show in the middle. Best midfielder on the pitch, which says a lot, doesn't it, when we have um, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips and Mason Mount on the pitch. Um, but yeah, Gilmore kind of played the position that we, consi- we severely lacked. Um, and I think it is this double pivot thing that we're, we're playing that worked so well in the Croatia game seemed to kind of trip us up in the um, in the Scotland game. I think there wasn't there wasn't a Modric. Oh, I say there wasn't a Modric. There was Billy Gilmore on the pitch who played kind of like Modric, but there wasn't an, an assignment. I think for Calvin Phillips like he had in the first game, um, and then that ended up meaning that Calvin Phillips had a bit more time, a bit more space. Um, and he almost didn't know what to do with the ball. Um, and, and Declan Rice seemed to have a, a particularly um, ne- not yeah negative game, maybe just like there was there wasn't a lot of forward um, progression through those two. And, and, and that's where I look at Italy and the way Italy are playing in this tournament. And they are just they instantly it goes out from the it go 
the, it bypasses Jorginho most of the time. Jorginho is just there as a, as a kind of a, a, a fail safe. You know, if, if there's no other option, they'll go through the midfield. But generally, with Italy, you see it just goes from the centre-backs out to the out to the full-backs or the wingers. And they're through. They just bypass the midfield straight away. England, against Scotland, we were going to Phillips or Rice. And it was just going back. It was just going back to Mings, going back to Stones, going across to Rhys James, going back over to Mings. And it's just, you know, if you're playing against inferior teams, they are just going to park the bus. And if you don't have that intensity, that uh, that that forward progression straight mm. away, these teams just set up in two banks of four. And yeah. England just can't can't break them down. We didn't have enough creative players. And that's where, you know, a, a Jack Grealish is good against those teams because he drives in, he wins fouls, he wins free kicks. And then you're playing a set piece game, which is completely different. And you can drill yourself on uh, set pieces. But... England just had none of those answers at the time, and I and I hope that this has been a good week for Southgate at, at um, St George's Park. Was it, is it that what it's called? They've moved down to Spurs training ground. Oh, they're at Spurs now. Leaving yeah. Soldom um, yeah. a week's exactly. location down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope that that is something that they're looking at, and and that um, you know, Neil in the group always says Southgate's a, you know a pragmatic. Um, manager and and you know these are some of the the problems that he needs to to be solving this week and we can't just um can't we can't have another two performances like we've had there needs to be changes um this week and I guess we could probably come on to what we all think the setup should be um tomorrow um Greg I'll come to you on that what what are you thinking well, whatever team he plays, only ever only Southgate will ever know why. I don't agree with this pragmatism approach or anything like that. He used two substitutes in that Scotland game out of possible five. That's not a man that mm. wants to change what's going Which on. Which make a Grealish and, and Rashford. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and t- took, um, what, Foden and Harry Kane off. Mm. Like, I mm. don't under... Harry Kane, yeah, okay. And, and that's a different thing. And Harry Kane worries me. I don't know if... He finished the season fit, but he doesn't look fit. There looks like there's something wrong. I don't know, but he's not looking sharp or there's something wrong. And I think that it comes down to Southgate as well. And, you know, you you can make the argument of the players, you know, the Premier League footballers, you know, they don't have to get up. They shouldn't have to be told to get up for an occasion like this. But also that is what a manager is there for. And, you know, I don't trust Southgate with that. And this this whole Sancho issue of Sancho not even playing, not even getting any minutes. He's going to move, if he moves to Manchester United, at the end of next season, we're going to look at look back on Sancho's season and say, oh, how the fuck did he not play any minutes at the Euros? I can guarantee Southgate doesn't watch any Bundesliga. You can just tell. I don't, but I know how good Sancho is. And I looked at that game and was like, probably need a bit of Sancho going on here, boys. I don't know what he'll play. I don't really, I, I mean, you alluded to it earlier, uh, Dan, that Scotland game, the last thing people were thinking was, oh yeah, fullbacks, apart from that, all good. You know, there were a lot of arguments going on for different kind of positions. For me, I don't know. I don't I think, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. I think maybe Maguire makes an appearance because he's a big name and that will take some of the headlines that Southgate doesn't want going in the other direction against him. But I imagine it will be the same team, really, because we cannot, we're not in a luxurious position to be able to rest players anymore because we still do need the points. 
I think. You cannot go into that game and think four points is enough for our aspirations and what they need to be. Harry Kane, he's already come out and said, um, sorry, Southgate has said that Harry Kane will be starting. Sterling will be starting. Um, yeah, Jake, you go from there because I've lost my um, train of thought on the formation. <laughs> um, I'd like to see him mix it up. I think we need to go with back five or a back three with two wing backs. Um, as Greg said, Maguire, I think he would bring a bit of, uh, you know, just a bit of leadership in the back. The midfield, I'd like to see Bellingham or Henderson or potentially both of them play. Uh, I feel like I've, I'm not going to lie and say that I know much about Bellingham. I don't really watch Bundesliga. I watch the highlights on YouTube and I watch them in the Champions League. But I know that he offers something different. Um, Henderson can do the job of Rice and Phillips, but also you've got to realise that he's captained a team to win in the Premier League, win in the Champions League. And he's, over the last couple of years, his range of passing has, you know, it's increased dramatically. Whereas I don't think Rice has played a pass further than 15 yards. So I'd like to see a li- just anything, any change in midfield. In terms of up front, I think we need to stick with Kane. I think it would cause too many problems if we, you know, if we dropped him now, we need to get behind him. You know, he is the World Cup Golden Boot winner, Premier League Golden Boot and most assists. So he's not there for no reason. He's there because he's world-class. So I'd go along with, ideally, I'd like to have Kane. I'd drop Sterling, have Grealish and Foden. Uh, mix up the holding midfield and have Mount just behind them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... You make a good. I'll, I'll go through my lineup in a in a second. I think you make a good point about um, Henderson needing to play and Henderson being a leader. Um, and actually, this is probably one of the problems, especially in the Scotland game. I think is that there's a lack of leadership on the pitch um, because you, you we're lacking Maguire, um, who is who is a natural leader. Um, we don't have Henderson, um, who again is 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 someone that can lead on the pitch and, and can motivate players. Um, and Harry Kane is the captain, but we know that Kane is is more of a, a lead by example type player. And of course, when he plays at Spurs, he's got the French captain Hugo Lloris at the back. You've got um, Hoybier in the middle as well. Um, sort of organising things, and there's a lot of vocal players, I think, in that in that Spurs team that allow Kane to be kind of one of those more um, honorary type captains. I think sometimes you know is it, it is you give the best player the captaincy to keep him at the club for a little bit longer, and I think maybe that's what um, Spurs perhaps have have done. Um, but yeah, I do think. And I'm not saying that it's the captaincy that's weighing on Kane's shoulders and that's why he's not playing well. I I, I think personally, um, the the Ericsson situation has probably had just as much effect on on Kane as 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 any other isolated, you know, cause of of his bad form. Um, but yeah, I I I probably would start him. I have seen people kind of like slagging off um, Dominic Calvert Lewin this week and saying like, how dare you suggest that. You drop Harry Kane and play Dominic Calvert Lewin instead. Calvert Lewin would do a great job for us. I, w- I would like, I, I in many ways, I would like to see Calvert Lewin start, but I don't think he, I don't think that's the right decision um, because Harry Kane is Harry Kane, and I think the problems are bigger than Harry Kane at the moment. I think it's that the system is not actually providing anything for Harry mm-hmm. Kane. So, 
you know, I think we need to change things around him first before we drop Harry Kane. If he has a terrible game against Czech Republic, then albeit drop him, well, yeah, drop him for the for our last game of the tournament uh, in the round of 16. But um, I would go with Pickford. Um, I would also go with three at the back. Um, and I would actually play Kyle Walker in that three. Um, I would play Kyle Walker, John Stones, Harry Maguire. Um, so Kyle Walker on the on the right, John Stones probably in the middle, and then Harry Maguire on the on the left. Um, or is Maguire right sided centre back? I think it is that. I think it would be that way round. Mm-hmm. Maguire plays on the left side. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would go with. I mean, we haven't seen him at this tournament yet, but either Chilwell or Shaw on the left. Um, possibly go with Luke Shaw on the left. Um, and then in front of him, either Grealish or Rashford. Um, but I think I would like to see Jack Grealish start. Um, and then on the right side, um, in that right wing back, again, probably because I'm starting Kyle Walker at one of the centre-back positions, I'll go with Reese James. Um, and then I'm not sure that, that Foden um, should play. I, I would play Jaden Sancho. I would give him the chance. Um, presumably he's going to be very, very hungry to do, you know, to impress. Um, he's got zero minutes under his belt, um, two games into, uh, a major tournament where the previous two seasons, he's put up ridiculous numbers, um, in terms of goals and assists. I think double figures in, in both. Um, you know, he's, he's got something to prove and I think, um, playing him out there would be good. And, And I, and I don't think Foden's been as impressive, um, as, we were certainly not as impressive as we thought he would be. Um, he hit the post obviously early on against Croatia, which was a, a great opportunity, and that was a well-worked set piece from a, a throw-in. Um, but I, I certainly don't think he's undroppable. So I, I would actually put Sancho in there, um, and then yeah, Harry Kane, um, and then it only leaves two more positions. And this is where I don't think he would make too many changes in the one game. So. Ideally, I would go, okay, you play um, Bellingham and Rice and then you basically drop Mason Mount. So you have a two-man midfield, three up top and then the five across the back. Um, I think you'd stick with um, Rice and I could see him possibly... I think he would just stick with Rice and Mount, but I would like to see Rice and Bellingham um, just because I think Jude Bellingham's got a bit more box-to-box about him um than than calvin phillips of course we saw calvin phillips pushing forward and he got the assist for the sterling goal the one goal that we've scored at this tournament so far um but yeah i think bellingham's got a little bit more of a a, a box-to-box um mentality obviously he's got a lot of energies like basically a child um so yeah that that would be my formation so to go back through that again i've got pickford um, then Walker, Maguire, Stones, um, James and Shaw, um, then Declan Rice and Mason Mount in the middle. Um, and then I'll go Sancho, Kane and Grealish across the top. Um, but personally, I think that Southgate will probably make like one change. And it'll, it'll be, be Maguire Pick, it'll be out Pickford of position. for Henderson or something yeah. like that. And Henderson's <laughs> gone home, I think, injured. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be something like that. But... It'll be something to do with the fullbacks, most likely. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe, man. I think what you were saying, Dan, about Foden, um, I feel like he's looked um, one of our most dangerous players and he's had a lot of praise. Mm. For me, I, 
I've been quite disappointed with him, but maybe that's just not him as a player. This is just the fact that he's playing for, with an England team, which he's just not used to playing with. Yeah. He doesn't have De Bruyne behind him, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd bag 10 goals a season if I had De Bruyne behind me. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, <laughs> you got Harry Kane. He's not used to playing with an out-and-out striker. You know, City, the way City move up top, they kind of like drop deep and then interchange positions. So I feel like Foden's potential is not being used. Sterling has a bit more experience in the England team. And yeah, he got our decisive goal, but same thing again. I I think we need to change things up because we're not going to get far playing like this. We need to shape up the attack. Sancho, Grealish, like you said. And this is the thing is, how can we be this far into Southgate's tenure and we're still not working out how he can manage to win a game against the Czech Republic when we should be looking at winning the tournament, when we should be looking at achieving this and that. All the things, you're completely correct, Jake, and all these things of Foden's not playing in the right systems. Like All of that points to the manager. He mm-hmm. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing with these brilliant players. And to go, sorry to go back. You're right, John, how's it going, boy? It, sorry to go back farther oh, than, uh, than we need to. <laughs> but it's exactly what you're saying, Dan, about what the best route and the easiest route would be in this competition. I don't want an easy route. I want us to face... Uh, a France or a Portugal or Germany in the round of 16. And if we're going to get found out, let's get found out early on so we can get kicked out of the competition with a whimper like we will. We won't have this World Cup fallacy of, oh, semi-final, semi-finalists, sharp, semi-finalists, got to the semi-final. We need to go out crashing in this tournament because we will at any point because of the way we're playing. And then we need to reassess for the next World Cup, which is only, what, 18 months away or something like that. We cannot live off this fallacy of, oh, you know, well, well, if we come third in the group, we could play Spain or Poland. They're not looking great. So if we get through them, then we can face this team. Then we don't play Portugal until this. I've had enough of it with this guy. You cannot be trusted with this group of players because they are elite players playing for elite clubs and in finals and winners. And everything we've discussed today is absolutely right. But the man that makes the difference isn't getting it right. And that's the problem. Hmm. Yeah, well... I'll use this point to welcome John Miller to the podcast. He's joined us um, for the the rundown, I guess, at the end here. John, I'm going to throw you in the deep end um, and ask what your starting lineup would be um, tomorrow against the Czech Republic. Oh, wait, you're muted, I think, maybe. I can't hear you. Headphones maybe not plugged in. That's better. Headphones not plugged in. There we go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um... I think if you go back to the team that started, but what I would do is just not have two holding midfielders, um, either Declan Rice or Phillips. Ugh. Of the two, I think actually think Phillips has actually done better. That's just my opinion from what I've seen. So I'd drop Declan Rice, maybe an unpopular opinion, and then go for someone in there with a bit more dynamism. Maybe, um, you know, if it was me, I'd go for Jude Bellingham, but if it's Southgate, he'd probably, he's probably going to put Mount in there. Um, and then play Grealish through the middle or something like that. That's probably more likely what he would do because they're the players he seems to trust. Trust, You know, mm. he's, he's started the two games and, and they're the players he's gone with. So, yeah, I can see that he's going to... He, he's not going to go for a Bellingham. He's probably more likely to go for like a Mount. Yeah. Would you play... Would you change um, Sterling or, or Foden at all as well? 
Oh, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> Forgot about those guys. I think Foden um, should, should keep his place. I don't think he's done too much wrong. I, I, I don't think he's being played played in the right He's, he's, he's not in the right system, but I, I still think he's got, the, he's got the magic that can do something. Um, but Sterling, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's got the goal, but his overall play. I mean, I think in the group, one of you guys sent a TikTok of, you know, somebody that yeah. ripping yeah. Sterling and <laughs> sort of just running around in a circle and not just laying it off for James to just do what he's been doing all season for Chelsea and, and just put it on the button for, you know, Kane or someone to head her in. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's what you get from Sterling. Obviously, as well, he had, he doesn't have the likes of Aguero, you know, and, and Bernardo and all those guys, sort of, who maybe he might respect a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And there is an element of that in football. Those of you that that do play, that that's just sort of it just happens psychologically. So he probably feels well, I'm I'm the big cheese here, you know. If I'm I've got the goal as well, you know, I, I'm I need to make something happen. And he's just, he's just spinning around like Kylie Minogue, um, you know, and he's just not, yeah, I'd, I'd probably drop Sterling, um, to be fair. And um, yeah, get, um, yeah, I mean, Sancho, I mean, German papers, I'm sure, you know, you know, you guys have seen that in the, some German outlets have, have said, wow, England, England squad must be amazing if, you know, Sancho's not, not had any game time, you know, I mean, he's, it's, that's an odd one. That it's an odd one. I guess it goes back to um, you know Greg TMR's comments about Southgate. You know you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. You're looking at the players. You're getting enthusiastic, but then if he's picking the wrong players or the wrong system, then it's just not going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting one, and I think I think the you know Sancho not playing is just as much of a surprise I think as, as Bellingham not getting really any minutes either I know he did have a bit of a cameo against uh, Croatia but um, Greg I think it was made the point that we only used two subs um, against Scotland um, and you think of the, the the squad depth that we've got and this rare opportunity that you get to make five substitutions across three um, you know three times or whatever um, is quite a rare thing and and, and you would think if you looked at all the teams in the tournament and went, okay, who's got potentially the most squad depth? We're probably in the top three or four teams. Before the tournament, at least, we would have been in the top three or four teams. I mean, we've seen everyone in the Italy team looks up for it, so I think they're above us now in terms of squad depth because they've got guys that can clearly handle the pressure of the tournament. But, you know, you would think that the five substitutions thing is a is a must 100%. For England, and, and and that's where I think, just because we're not starting Foden, doesn't mean that we don't still get the magic. And and maybe you could say that that's his that's that's the reasoning he's using for putting Jack Grealish on the bench is that he wants Grealish as an impact player or he wants, but you know I just think these players that he has trust in and stuff like they can still play in these games, but he has to just I think there's. And it's the first time I felt it because I've never been, I've never been anti Southgate at all. I've always thought he's actually done a pretty good job of my lifetime. England managers, none of them have been particularly impressive. Um, I was too young to appreciate Terry Venables. Um, You know, Venables probably in my lifetime is the most successful England manager, and then he left for some silly reason that no one ever really knew um 
you know but i i've never been anti southgate that's my point and and i am starting to see a bit of just stubbornness maybe and i don't know if it was because he was part of the media and he feels like he doesn't want to listen to he doesn't want to be seen as as still part of the media or he doesn't want to be seen as being pressured into making decisions but if everyone is saying something it is probably it is there is probably some truth in in that and everyone's saying fucking start jack Grealish, you idiot and he's and he's just sat there and going no 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 you lot you don't you're not there in training every day you don't know what's going on like you know um and i do think there is a stubbornness or an ego that he just needs to check a little bit at the moment and i don't know where i don't know what his support staff are like and whether he's got a lot of yes men around him or what but i am starting to consider having doubts about mr southgate well, you look at everything that we've mentioned in the podcast, it isn't out of just an anger and outright hatred for the man. It's out of frustration that he's got an arsenal of all these players that you can look at. And all of us here, as I said earlier, we're a YouTube podcast, but we're able to sit here and think, all right, okay, in this strategy, Jack Grealish works, so we can use him in this. It's the frustration of he's got these players here. He's got this arsenal of players. And he's just belligerent and just not using them for whatever reason out of, I don't know, fear or out of, he doesn't want to upset people or is this people pleaser. And, you know, he, he is a yes man. And that is partially why the FA appointed him, but that is a different discussion for a different day that people do have. And that is it. It's the frustration of you've got these players, this incredible squad, and you're not using it when you could be and you should be. Is um is Saka still in the squad? Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking. He, I would like to see Saka could yeah. come on and, you know, you want players that are going to make things happen. You For know? sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just play it safe. Saka, and, he could yeah. come off the bench, couldn't he? You know, as Dan was saying before, we've got five substitutes and um, we failed to use more than two in our last game. Whereas Italy last night, exactly. they they used all five. Yeah. And the, comment, the commentator said, uh, and this is Italy's fifth substitute. And then I was just like, why, why aren't we doing this? We do have the depth. We are one of the most well-balanced, teams in terms of strength and depth and we've got it and we've got these yeah. exciting players Saka Grealish Sancho you know Rashford they could all have come on and made an impact and, to, and there's and nothing add, sorry yes. go on, I was gonna say to add to that is that I and again I might be wrong but I don't think Southgate's made a sub before like the 60th 70th minute or something like that I oh, think they're always the late, earliest yeah. earliest that he's made subs yeah Kane uh, should have come off way earlier yeah. Yeah. yeah and for Dominic Calvert Lewin not mm. yeah not for Rashford put on, put on Rashford who, a winger sorry yeah I'm, he's not known for like rising like a salmon and nodding it yeah. down or even nodding yeah. it in and then you start whipping crosses in exactly you know oh, you start man. getting high balls and you can see him getting out jumped um, by you know the Scottish defence I'm like so what's the directive here now that you've, you know, he said after the game, he said in his press conference, you know, I wanted some sort of pace in behind, but we weren't getting him behind. We weren't getting mm-hmm. him behind the whole game. So yes, fine. You know, Kane could have played the whole game because he is going to, you know, challenge and win headers. But if you've made that decision, which was probably the right decision, you put on, you do a like for like sub in that situation. Yeah. Like maybe someone who's going to do the job that Kane was doing, but maybe better or maybe with a bit more energy because he's only going to come and play 12 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's not, it's not Marcus Rashford. Oh, Rashford. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm just thinking like, if, if 
I would like to see if things aren't going well at half time. You know, if we're nil nil, one one nil down is probably slightly different because he's more likely to make a change. But if we're do you know what actually? I think if we're nil nil, he's probably just going to stick stick it out and hope for a draw tomorrow. Yeah, because that way we finish. Yeah. We finish. We finish second. second in the group if we get mm-hmm. a draw. To my, by my calculations, because I think they've scored more goals than us. Yeah, they have. We've only got one goal, which is the easy route, isn't it? Because it's a Sweden. Slightly easier, but so yeah, I'm looking over there because I've got a wall chart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. But got um, you know, you look at uh, Roberto <clears throat> Martinez against. Um, against Denmark what'd he do 45 minutes half time plays his trump card brings on Kevin De Bruyne um, and 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 they go on and, and, and win that game 2-1 in the end but um, yeah I just think Southgate is often too late in you know Grealish could have come on a lot earlier in the in mm. the Scotland game uh, as well 55 well, well, minutes 50 minutes whatever like it's just not 73 mm. or whatever he came on I can see if the way if he continues with the way he is, and there's no evidence to say he's going to change, we will go out on penalties because we'll we'll go, get through to the next round. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll it will be a sort of stalemate maybe because obviously he's pragmatic, so he'll probably go with two holding uh, midfielders for the next round because it's a knockout, right? He'll probably be pragmatic, try not to lose the game. He won't go for it. He'll go for penalties, and then it's like, oh, you know, unlucky, he went out on penalties. Mm-hmm. Really, you could have actually won the mm. game. Yeah. Um, if you'd have been more brave. Yeah. Also on the sub things, I think that, that but there's nothing wrong. I think it's one of the healthiest things in football is that you want some players. I mean, so, uh, some positions are different than others. Harry Kane is one of those that you need one moment for him to score a goal. But a lot of positions on that pitch, you kind of want them looking over their shoulder of, if I'm not playing well here, I'm I'm getting yanked off and he could come on and score the goal that makes a difference. You need a bit of jeopardy in the squad. I don't think, I think that one of the worst things is these players getting complacent, thinking Sterling, for example, I'm set, I'm starting that next game. Doesn't really matter for me. You kind of need them to be looking over their shoulder and thinking, all right, I need to create something here or do something to show that I'm worth playing. And I feel I don't get that vibe from this squad. As we're saying, like it's an incredibly talented 26 men that we've got out there. I don't see them, I don't see Sterling looking over his shoulder. Mount at the moment, particularly Rice. I don't think any of them are thinking. I need to. I need to find something here. Pull it out of my ass because he's going to rank me off because of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I think the two before this tournament that we would have classed as undroppable was Kane and, and Rice. And actually, I think both of them are debatable now at the moment. Like as mm-hmm. to whether they should start that the Czech Republic game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there probably is slightly like an assumption that you can't, like John said about dropping, maybe just playing Phillips and, and not having Rice in there. I think that's fine. I think because yeah. he plays, um, I'm just trying to think in the lead system, they have Click, don't they? Uh, the Polish guy. And he plays more of a, slightly further forward probably similar to like a henderson type role and then and then phillips sits deeper but i think i mean the thing is the lead it is very hard to to compare that leeds team to any to any way that england are going to set up because leeds don't yeah. stop moving and mm. all of that stuff but um i certainly think yeah phillips probably could play that role on his own mm-hmm. um and it might you know if, if one of them is there if you only got one of them then they don't have the option to pass to each other and they might actually have to pass the ball forward. I think that was kind of one of the problems against Scotland is they were both always available 
and neither of them ever wanted to give the ball away so it was just passing to one another and that's what kind of killed our game quite a lot or let Scotland mm-hmm. just get back and, and just very cautious goals. you know I yeah. feel like what you were saying before nobody really wants to take the risk because they don't want to get hounded if they misplace too yeah, many you don't want to be the, the mug that yeah. sends England so out right now it kind of seems like everyone just wants to pull out a 6 out of 10 that's enough for me to play the next game I'm not going to take too many risks and unfortunately that's not going to get us very far yeah ah yeah <laughs> but otherwise it's been a good tournament John your thoughts on the tournament anyway because we didn't get those at the start of the pod yeah, no, um, it's been good. It's been fantastic. I mean, watching the uh, Ukraine-Austria game now, I did start off, started off watching the uh, Netherlands game, but but this game was, was is is way more lively, very end-to-end. Uh, obviously, winner takes all, right? Uh, looks like there's another goal in, in the uh, yeah. Netherlands game that's just coming up on my screen now, another tap. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. Um, some surprises. Obviously, we didn't know when we did our sort of, you know, predictions and, you know, pre-tournament um, chit chat, no one really sort of really with conviction or with chess kind of say, yeah, Italy. But now. Um, the F, sorry to interrupt you. There's been an update in the camp um, from the FA. Um, so as a precaution at this time and in consultation with Public Health England, Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount are isolating after Ooh. interaction with Scotland player Billy Gilmore on Friday's match. The pair will be kept away from the rest of the England players and wider support team pending further discussions with Public Health England. The entire squad had lateral flow tests on Monday afternoon and all were again negative, as was the case with Sunday's UEFA pre-match PCR tests. We'll continue to follow all COVID-19 protocols and the UEFA testing regime while remaining in close contact with Public Health England. So was that um, Chilwell and who? Mount. Mount. Which is... You know, like, okay, it, of course, message, overriding messages, Hope, Mount and Gilmore and, and Chilwell are okay. Then the flip side, that's going to force Southgate to cha- to make changes. And does that open up an opportunity for either Foden or Grealish to play in the middle where Mount has been playing? Because Mount, along with, like I said, Rice and, and Kane has been an undroppable force in that team mm. um so if he's if he's isolating now i don't i i think you can pretty much rule him out of the game tomorrow because he won't be part of any of the prep and and etc mm. etc et um so yeah maybe maybe we see Grealish in the middle yeah you know and, I'll be up for and that. sancho <laughs> yeah Grealish and sancho coming in um, yeah yeah uh, yeah i definitely up for that it'll probably go um Grealish and um and Rashford um but I'm uh, I am I'm scared's not the right word sorry for want of a better word that Sancho's not going to get any minutes in this mm. tournament England are going to go out before he's even had a chance to put his stamp on the on the tournament or anything like that so um I just think if players that Southgate trusts I think just kind of linking back to your question about you know the tournament so far I think it's been it's been, it's been great but I just think England has just been a bit Stale. went in yeah just he just wanted a bit more you know and sometimes you think okay we're in this premier league and it's a great league but then it never translates to the national team and i'm just thinking is it because of the amount of foreigners um is it the foreigners that are making the premier league great and <laughs> because you know you've got some some of the, some of those players you know are are playing at a much seem to be playing at a much higher level higher tempo 
than than our guys or are our guys just handicapped by you know Southgate in the system I don't know but overall just kind of linking the two together yeah I think it's been great um you know I'm seeing Ronaldo you know breaking records you know it's, it's, it's great um seeing players such as like 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 now like um Alaba you know just quality so many quality players um on yeah. the show in in 99 or 95 percent of the matches so it's just yeah it's been i've really enjoyed it yeah no i think it's been um i think it's been a great tournament so far um good refereeing as well no real controversial moments obviously the tragic thing with uh with ericsson which we talked about that a bit earlier on in the um earlier on in the podcast but yeah uh, yeah has been dealt with beautifully I think yeah, VAR has been very swift, and, very impressive. And, it and just shows the lack of quality in referees and VAR we've got. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's just a trust and a confidence thing with the referees as well, as well. I think in this tournament they just seem to have like the VAR official has just made a decision based on his first thoughts, which I think is you know if a referee sees a slow motion replay, they should be able to judge that fairly objectively at the mm. time and 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 yeah and then i think they've been a bit more um smart with the way they've done the offsides and stuff like that as well they've they've sort of done it then told us whether it's offside and then they wait like two minutes or so and they get a good angle and they show us the line <laughs> um like way after instead of the premier league thing of like showing us like drawing the line and and the controversy of that and stuff so um, yeah, hopefully there'll be some good takeaways um, from the way that the, this tournament's been officiated and the way they've used um, video um, to referee. I think um, what we'll do is around this podcast off, um, we will be posting our predictions um, tomorrow um, for the England game. We're posting predictions for every single game um, at the moment on our Instagram and Twitter. So um, if you... Uh, if you want to place a bet and you trust any of us particularly, uh, I wouldn't personally, but um, you can do that. Um, usually about an hour before every game, we'll put our predictions up. Um, but yeah, we'll see how England go. We'll, we'll have another podcast coming out on either Thursday or Friday um, during the, the two rest days um, of the tournament. And then um, we'll be ready to go again on Saturday. Um, five o'clock on Saturday, Wales obviously open up the um round of 16 fixtures um which we will look forward to that um but yeah i guess until then we won't really know um how to feel um about england but we're going to go off and watch the rest of uh the games that are on today um and that leaves me to just say thanks to jake thanks for joining us today jake that's been a pleasure um thank you greg loved it been good uh, therapy, bit therapy for me. <laughs> That's it, yeah, it's good to share. Um, and then very briefly, of course, but um, very nice to have you here, Mr. John Miller as well. Um, so, yeah, we will um, we'll see you all on the next podcast. Um, enjoy the football. Bye-bye. <laughs>